Welcome to the Let's Talk Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Robert Smith, along with my co-host, Adam Stellman. And today, we bring you a special episode on the NFL trade deadline. Adam, let's talk Seahawks. Yeah, let's. For those of you that do not know, the NFL trade deadline is 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, uh, November the 1st, which is this coming Tuesday. Uh, We've already seen a few trades thus far. Uh, Nothing from the Hawks, but that could be coming. We know that John and Pete love to be uh, in on every trade and certainly have been active before the trade deadline these last couple of years. we can debate whether or not that's worked out really well for the team. Uh, but uh, let's uh, let's go over a few of the trades that have happened so far and what we think that might mean for the league, and then we can talk a little bit about uh, the Seahawks specifically. All right. I'm going to go ahead and correct you real, real quick. Super. It is Tuesday, November 1st at 1 p.m. Pacific time, ah, which yes. is 4 p.m. Eastern, mm, yeah. which is the league office is in New York, so everything's in Eastern. It's a coastal thing going on there. Wonderful. Okay. Coastal things, yes. Got got a fight. Got a fight from the coasts. It wouldn't be a Let's Talk Seahawks podcast if I didn't make one faux pas. So here we go. It's all good. All right. So there has been a few moves already in the NFL, kind of leading up to the trade deadline. We are recording this on Thursday before the trade deadline, as kind of a preview, as an outlook to look at moves that might happen and kind of address some of the Seahawks' needs. But to look around the league, we can get an idea of what the market value is for certain tiers of players. And so everybody knows about the Christian McCaffrey trade that happened last week to the San Francisco 49ers. So starting this week, the Jets went out there. They started off the show by going out and finding a running back to replace the injured Brees Hall. And they went to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got running back James Robinson for a conditional sixth round pick. As well as James Robinson has played, that's a steal. That is a steal. The Cowboys also took advantage and beefed up their defensive line by reaching out to the Las Vegas Raiders and getting Jonathan Hankins and a seventh round pick in the 2024 draft for their 2023 sixth round pick. So this was probably a salary cap dump by the Raiders. They got a little bit of an upgrade in draft picks. I think it worked out for both people, addressed needs to the Cowboys, and it let the Raiders uh, sort of get some cap room. The Eagles also addressed defense. They went out and talked to the Chicago Bears, and they got a deal for Robert Quinn. Chicago received a fourth-round draft pick for Robert Quinn, which I think was pretty good value for a player at the twilight of his career. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we still know he's got gas in the tank. I mean, I think he had nine sacks last year. Uh, that Eagles D-line is looking scarier and scarier every day. Oh, yeah. That just made it 10 times worse. Or better, I guess. Worse to face. Yeah. There we go. So the last deal that's officially gone through at the time that we're recording this podcast is the Chiefs went out and they decided to target a first-round wide receiver from actually, I think it was last year's draft class, and that was wide receiver Kadarius Tony from the New York Giants. And they were able to get him for a third round compensatory draft pick and a sixth round draft pick, both in this upcoming NFL draft. Yeah, and that one was actually kind of a shocker for me. I mean, uh, we, you know, Kadarius Tony, obviously very talented guy, went in the first round of the 2021 draft. Um, uh, Just 
didn't have a lot of playing time. He's been injured too, but hasn't found a way onto the field for the Giants. Uh, you know, obviously they they drafted Wondell Robinson this year. Uh, the, you know, they traded uh, for Holiday, uh, Kenny Holiday last year. Uh, they've still got Darius Slayton, uh, but there's just a lot of mouths to feed on that offense. And so uh, I think that was the reason why the Giants were willing to get rid of him. Uh, but good value for the Chiefs. Uh, you know, they pick up another target for Patrick Mahomes as if he didn't have enough already. So, Oh, for sure. It's really interesting to see a team give up on a first round player with only one season under his belt. So that really did shock me that they made this move. Yeah, I mean, again, I think, you know, there, there was likely some stuff going on behind the scenes that we you know maybe haven't heard about or won't hear about uh but uh you know he really just hadn't gotten any playing time and i you know so it, I, that's something that i guess makes sense for the giants to kind of recoup something because they've definitely got a pretty thick rotation of wide receivers so so that's what's gone around the, that's what's been going on around the league the seahawks haven't made a move yet uh but like i was saying what i had said in the intro you know uh it's not like john or pete to stand pat at the trade deadline i mean there's always a move to be made um, and certainly, I think that there's several moves that they could make potentially. I don't know that they're they're going to be big buyers or necessarily big sellers. Um, you know, there's not a lot of fat to trim on this roster. Uh, but but I do think there are a few guys they could definitely look to get rid of. Uh, you know, I think we we had already talked. Uh, L.J. Collier, I think, has had some. There's been some smoke there. Uh, you know, former first round pick by the Seahawks uh, hasn't really. Uh, been able to find a way to stay healthy and, and, and really get uh, into rotation on this defense. Uh, he's a guy that uh, is now just healthy. I think it, we we just put pulled him off the IR this week. He's looking to play for us, uh, which is really good. I think not only for the team, but also for trade value. If he can get some playing time and flash, I think that'll definitely beef up the trade market for him, which will be nice. Uh, we've also got a, a pretty we're pretty deep right now at cornerback, especially when it comes to veteran corners. You know, we've obviously we're starting uh, Mike Jackson and Tariq Wan on the outside. Kobe Bryant's holding down that that cornerback spot uh, or the nickel cornerback spot. We have a lot of veteran cornerbacks that I think we could look to move. Number one being being Artie Burns, who came over from Chicago, hasn't been able to either get healthy or really make it out there on the on the field. Uh, Sidney Jones uh, obviously is another one who played. Uh, started 11 games for us last year and played pretty well. Um, and we could be looking to offload him. Uh, that's the kind of guy, the guy that's been mentioned most when, it caught, when we've been talking about trade rumors for the Seahawks. There's also Justin Coleman, who's a, a pretty fantastic nickel corner, uh, who you know we have seen a little bit here and there that, during this year. Uh, but you know, with Sidney Bryant, or sorry, with Kobe Bryant holding down that nickel cornerback spot, I really don't see a way to playing time for Justin Coleman. So he's another guy we could think about offloading. Uh, and then finally, a longer offensive line, Gabe Jackson and Phil Haynes. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a pick your poison. Neither guy has really played that well. Uh, but they're both veteran players who I think could have some value with the trade deadline. Uh, we all know that I would love to see us move on from Gabe Jackson. I think he's been a dead weight and certainly has the biggest contract for our interior offensive line right now. But uh, but yeah, what do you think? As far as the list you gave, I agree. There's not a ton of players I could see them moving outside of those guys. I actually hadn't even thought about putting Coleman on the list. I only had Sidney Jones, Artie Burns, and Gabe Jackson on my list. But I think you're right. I think if Coleman is not playing that veteran mentorship role, which I think he might actually be doing in the locker room. I haven't seen a lot of rumor that kind of surrounds Coleman. So he might be the one who's mentoring up Kobe Bryant. And that's why he was able to step in and be effective in that slot position. In which case, I think he should definitely stay. But I, he could be another name on that list. How many veterans do you need in that one position group? 
Exactly, and and those guys are playing pretty well. I mean, you know, not to not to say that it's not important to to, to have that uh, continuity in the locker room, but um, you know, I I don't know that that uh, that removing a mentor from them at this point in the season is really going to uh, hurt their play. I mean, these guys are, have been building a lot of confidence, and I, and I think they're going to continue to play that well. Right now, the Seahawks don't have a ton of cap space, just just under, uh, or sorry, just yeah, just under three point five million. And uh, if we're going to sign somebody, I think you know, obviously. Uh, Getting some cap relief from those trades that we just talked about would be the the first move and kind of freeing up the cap space to bring somebody else in. Whether or not that happens, again, who knows? Uh, I, I you know I don't know about you. I don't really expect the Seahawks to be big movers uh, at the trade deadline, but I do expect something to happen. I think personally that they they should be looking to bring a couple of guys in because this team. I think this team is playing really well. The defense has definitely shown some improvement over the last couple of weeks, but I do think that there's 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 room on this team uh, to bring in another guy. Certainly, we already talked about the offensive line and, and how we think that uh, you know we we need to shake up that, especially the interior offensive line uh, along there. Um, I think they could look at bringing in a guard. Uh, we've certainly talked about the struggles at linebacker, especially. Um, that coverage linebacker spot, I think that's a, that's an area to look at. Even though I think we're, our, we have a pretty deep rotation right now along that pass rush, whether it be outside linebacker or DN, I think that's another position they could look at. Uh, along those lines, I had a, I had I don't know about you, I had a list of kind of guys that they could be looking at to get. There there are a few guys that have have been mentioned, especially um, uh, not not in in relationships to the Seahawks, but certainly guys that have been mentioned as possible uh, trade candidates from other teams uh, where teams might look to move on. If we want to just talk about the offensive line, there's a lot of guards out there uh, that either haven't seen playing time with teams or are on teams right now that are either looking to recoup some draft picks or are clearly looking to go into the rebuilding mode and so are probably looking to offload some of their bigger contracts. Uh, we've got guys like uh, Trey Turner out of Washington. Even though their offensive line hasn't really been um, a weak spot on that team. Uh, there's, you know, it doesn't look like Washington, especially with the way the NFC East is playing right now. It doesn't look like they're going to be in the playoff mix. Uh, so Trey Turner, I think, is a guy that could be looking to move on. Austin Corbett. Obviously, the Panthers are looking to, or have been looking to, offload quite a few players. Uh, we've already seen them move on from Robbie Anderson uh, and Christian McCaffrey. So I think that uh, Austin Corbett might be a guy that we could look at. Dalton Reisner, uh, another guy uh, who <laughs> is. <laughs> is a member of the uh, Broncos uh, who is a guy that, that we could we could kind of talk to them about obviously the Broncos uh, who knows where they're kind of at I mean obviously after trading for Russell Wilson they probably expected to have a better record than they have now but uh, you know if they're going to continue to to go downhill this year I, I think looking at their offensive line might be something to do a guy that I really would love to see us uh, make a phone call on is is Ben Cleveland uh, for the uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, he was an early round well a third round draft pick uh, in 2019 uh, this is a guy who I was pretty high on in that draft uh, certainly a very big physical guy who hasn't been able to make it on uh, into their um, rotation along offensive line uh, they've been you know their offensive lines been playing pretty good especially in the run game so he's really only been able to make it or stay on the team thanks to um special teams but i think that's a good phone call to make a couple other guys i'm going to mention real quick and then i, I want to get your takes on this bradley chubb if the broncos do decide that they're in sale mode uh even though i'm not really sure that they're gonna, they're going to want to talk to to john after the, the russell wilson trade he might be a, worth a phone call although i think that is going to have probably cost us a little more draft compensation than we want to give up um, there's another guy uh, for that defensive line, Larry Ogunjobi. 
uh, who was for, uh, playing for the Miami Dolphins or drafted by the Miami Dolphins. He's currently playing for the Steelers on a one-year contract. Um, I think uh, if we want to shore up that run defense, he's a guy that we should look at. Uh, and then linebacker. There are two guys specifically that I think the Seahawks probably have had internal discussions about or certainly should have been having internal discussions about. Uh, one is Roquan Smith. Now, that he obviously is star linebacker for uh, the Chicago Bears. Uh, they were unable to come to an agreement on a on a draft on a contract extension uh, before the season. Uh, he seems pretty unhappy with his role there. Uh, I don't I don't think he is looking to stay in Chicago, which means Chicago probably wants to go ahead and try and trade him uh, before next season so they can get some kind of compensation back for him. He's one of those guys that I would imagine is either going to cost us a first or multiple later round draft picks. But you know he knows the defensive system, and he's a star. The other guy, the guy that I I have been pounding the table for the Seahawks to take a look at, and I still will, this is my number one trade target for him, and that's Isaiah Simmons uh, in Arizona. I know Arizona, probably unlikely to trade him to somebody within the division, but I do think they are looking to move on from him. He hasn't really worked out in their system. This is a guy who was highly touted coming into the draft. I think he was drafted number eight or nine overall two drafts ago by Arizona. He's a chess piece on defense. Uh, I think he was uh, listed as a safety in college, though he did play a lot of linebacker. He's great in coverage. He can definitely rush the passer. Uh, the man's just a physical beast, uh, and I would love to see him come in. And, it, and for this year, I think he's a great uh, replacement for Jamal Adams. He's one of those guys we can we can put in uh, for coverage when we do when we want to have those those three safety packages. We can also leave him out there on first and second down. He is decent in the run, but when Jamal Adams comes back imagining a defense where both of those guys are on the field at the same time and they don't know which one of them or if either of them is going to be the rush guy could be really deadly on this defense. Yeah, it's a great list you said. I can't say anything better about Isaiah Simmons. In fact, he's probably the only guy in the NFL right now who I think the Seattle Seahawks would actually consider or should actually consider giving up draft capital for. If they were to float Arizona the Seahawks second round pick and possibly a future mid round pick to go with that. That's actually an offer that I would probably applaud. I think he's a great player, somebody who fits multiple roles for us. And like you said, being able to put three safeties out on the field, having Diggs roam in the middle, having Adams up there in the box, having Simmons up there in the box, you don't know where this is going to go. That'll scare a lot of offensive coordinators. It'll keep them awake at night. And it should. Okay, so my list, I know you touched on Ben Cleveland. You also talk, talked about Dalton Reiser. So I'm going to leave those guys off the guys I'm talking about. But there's one, and I really like Austin Blythe. I don't think they need to replace Austin Blythe. I think what they need to do is have another guy who is capable of playing center and put him in the mix and see if we can get a little better chemistry on that internal O-line. Uh, and that's in Atlanta, their backup center, Matt Hennessy. Okay. who's been a starter for him. He started all 17 games last year, and then they had a second-round pick who came in and took that job. So he's a guy who's kind of on the outs. Now he's in a backup role, somebody who might be able to revitalize his career as a rental player here for the Seahawks. Another guy I like is the guard in Denver, uh, Graham Glasgow. I think he could immediately step in and make a huge impact. He has played both center and guard. So another one of those guys who's flexible, allows us to play with chemistry, allows us to play with different matchups to see exactly how things could work. I think that's where the help 
is needed on the team. I think we need to go out and find a player who's going to make an impact as a rental veteran, right? Somebody who we don't have a long-term commitment to due to contract, somebody we can move on from after this year if they don't work out. I don't think we give up substantial draft capital to bring in a star who's on an expiring contract. We're gonna have to pay Geno Smith at least for the next couple years because they'd be crazy after this season not to at least tie him up for two years. Yeah. That'll allow any quarterback they bring in to sit and learn and develop, but they're gonna have to pay him. We just paid DK Metcalf. There are other contracts coming up. We don't need to also have a league position setting type of contract that for a player that we bring in. Which of course is the argument against bringing in a guy like Roquan Smith because he would want top top of the market dollar. I hear it. He will set the market for linebackers. Right. So, I mean, you got to look at your cap situation going forward. I don't think we should bring him in. I also don't think we should bring in Bradley Chubb. Not quite for the same reason, but along those same lines. I think it's going to cost too much of our draft capital in order to bring those guys in. There is another rumor that I've heard And that's people saying that they should go out to the Carolina Panthers and bring in Shaq Thompson. Now, on face value, that sounds all right. I mean, he's got ties to the area, played at Washington. He's a fast athletic linebacker. He can cover. In fact, he was a safety in college. So if you look at that, he's got some of that, you know, athleticism, that coverage linebacker sort of role that we need. I'm out here to say I am totally against that. I have nothing against the player himself. I don't think he'd be a fit in Seattle, primarily off the field, because he has been public in the past, sort of denouncing and belittling Seattle Seahawks fans and the organization. And so I don't think that that would be a smart move. I know it's popular now if you go on the Seahawks Twitterverse out there, but that's a move that I don't think is smart for the Seahawks. And I really hope they do not go out and get Shaq Thompson. Now, he's a good player. Yeah, if they're going to make that move, give the Arizona a call, get Isaiah Simmons. Exactly. Give up a little bit more and go get the better player. That's nothing against Shaq Thompson. He's a good player on the field. Obviously, comments that you make in the media and out in public can come back to bite you. And I think that's a case where they just need to stay away from a guy due to some of his past off the field comments. Yeah, the Seahawks have been playing really well. I, I do think this team is still looking towards the future for, for building this team. I do think the draft is what they're gonna focus on to do that. I don't expect them to be making any big, huge moves. Like I said, I, I think bringing in somebody like Isaiah Simmons that has that name value isn't necessarily a huge move and certainly wouldn't cost us a ton of draft capital, but would, I think, be an impactful move. The same thing for trading for either you know a veteran guard would, would be a very impactful move, but wouldn't be one that uh, necessarily costs us a lot of our future plans. I don't expect a, a big move from him, which I already said, I think, 300 times now this this podcast. Um, I do expect to see something out of John and Pete before the end of this t- trade deadline. I think it's more likely that we're sellers at this point than buyers. But who knows? But who knows? Exactly. I guess my final thoughts before we end this episode really are that I think the Seahawks should definitely look around and consider with kind of the options that are out there. Go out to some of these teams who are clearly out of the picture. And honestly, if they can go get somebody from Denver, all it does is help Denver's draft pick become better for us. So I say, go out, go talk to Denver, see if you can get something else from them. But yeah, I, I want to see if the if the Seahawks are going to actually go out and make a move. 
if they do go out there and make a move, that's them saying that they see playoffs in the future. That's them saying, no, this isn't a rebuilding year. It really is the retooling year, like they were saying going into it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think this is going to be pretty a pretty telling. We've already said that this is going to be a pretty telling season. Uh, it's been it's been thus far. Um, I, I kind of think that trend is going to continue. Like you, I, I, I would uh, expect to see them make some kind of move. Uh, I do hope it's a move that's more impactful than than splashy, uh, which I think is kind of par for the course. Uh, even though you know we have seen some pretty splashy moves in the past, Jamal Adams being one. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely going to be uh, facing uh, in my uh, my uh, multimedia devices uh, over this weekend to kind of see what happens. Yeah, I'll definitely keep my ear to the rumor mill. And I'm sure you and I will be texting a lot, reaching out to our fans on the Twitterverse. But yeah, so that has been our trade deadline special. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Hawks.